Hello, and welcome to another episode of Myths and Stories, a Destiny 2 lore podcast. Uh, today, we are diving into the Season of the Deep, which uh, just released uh, Tuesday of this week. Um, and thus far, although it's it's early yet, has uh, has been a really good time, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Would you would you call this episode a deep dive myth? We I apologize in advance. There's going to be so many of those. So many puns. It's, this season is I like so far I've I've not been disappointed. Like I know it's I know it's very yeah. fresh. It's only been a week. Uh but I I I love um I love being able to return these old these old areas. Uh um, and for them to be just slightly changed, like when when Witch Queen came out and we got to go back to Mars, um, even though there's there's very little amount that we spent on Mars to see it changed with the with the way that it it's uh, it's working with the way the darkness works, where it's like the planet, those sections of the planet are remembering its past self, and therefore the past is like bleeding through into the present. Um, and then to see this, to see the 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 arcology like oh my gosh this like there's so much of that area that we didn't get to touch and now it's yeah. it's all just laid bare and like i i have to laugh because i uh as we were going through this um uh as my wife and i were playing through some of this i was thinking back to uh the lore book that we covered long long time ago uh, in one of our previous episodes uh, the last days of crack and Mare. Um, with the the guys that had to dive down, and then the one guy was, I think, one of them. One of them ended up dying because he didn't make it back to the surface. As the travelers just hauling ass past Titan to get back to Earth, mm-hmm. as the darkness is closing in, like, yeah, this 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 season is really like honed in on all those like little things. Like, I mean, this the the whole thing feels very much like what what happened is is what I is the yeah. vibe I get from going on from this whole season. Yeah, and uh, super cool to have Titan back. It's it's always been a really unique location. Um, I I'm a little bummed we don't get to see more of the old patrol space, more just for nostalgia than anything. Sure. I uh, but it, it was really cool to navigate through portions of that old patrol space for the kind of intro mission, and to, to like see bits that were like, oh shit, yeah, that used to be yeah, there. Like, oh, I remember this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, so that, that was super cool. And yeah, the fact that, you know, when Titan was around originally, uh, the arcology was this super cool space, both, uh, aesthetically in game, as well as from a lore perspective. And we did, we never really did anything in there, um, outside of, uh, you know, a strike, I think. All man-made, right? Like, yeah, all man-made. I think that's the one interesting thing about Titan out of everywhere else in the entire Destiny universe. Um, Titan is the one thing that wasn't, well, I guess, I guess a lot of Mars wasn't either. A lot of Mars is man-made, but Mars was terraformed before, um, yeah. humanity got there to start building up and, and Clovis Bray set up the Bray Tech facility there and all that. Um, but Titan and the arcology was all 100% man-made. The traveler never came to Titan, uh, to terraform it or anything. We just, we were there and we said, the humanity said, mm-hmm. let's, here's a resource. Let's do it. Yep, we. I think, if not the only place, I think definitely the first place where humanity kind of made a colony completely of their own accord, which is absolutely is pretty cool. As as long as we don't count the DSC on Europa. I yeah, I guess that's kind true. Of qualifies, yeah. but that was one. I feel like that was like one man. Like that wasn't like humanity as a whole. 
No, that was Clovis Bray, and he needed the rest of it to house his ego. But... <laughs> Shit. So yeah, you're not you're not wrong. <laughs> is is that why it's over Jupiter? Yes. <laughs> is that why it's? <laughs> that was good. That was good. Wasn't ready for that one. Uh, but uh, but no. So. For those that maybe haven't had an opportunity to dive into it, um, or you know, for whatever reason, are are not uh, in a position to to be playing through the intro of the season, um, we only have the first week's uh, worth of seasonal story at the moment. Um, and I, I guess I'll say this now: I know that there has been uh, a leak of the mid-season cutscene. We will not be discussing that in any way, shape, or form in any of our episodes until that cutscene is live in game. Yeah, so just telling you that now. No leaks here, bro. Yeah. So just call us the plumbers. There's, <laughs> there's no. Leak. <laughs> oh my god. It's that's number two for me. As you said, you said this is the episode. That's this what is going to be a painful episode. Yes, it is. It is. Uh, so yes, if you are interested in those leaks, they're all over YouTube. You can search them up. You'll find them no problem. Um, I would ask that you not post any of that information to us on Twitter, just because the other people that are following us that may see that may not be wanting to, uh, you know, have those spoilers. So just, you know, be, be respectful. Absolutely. But as far as spoilers, like we we will have a little bit of spoilers uh, for like this first week of stuff. So if you haven't right. had a chance to play the 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 first week of the season, definitely go do that. Super quick, it's a couple hours, and and you're yeah. Through it. And but that's the, we're, that's going to be what we're focusing on in, in this episode is that first that first season, and then a a, um, a lot about um, uh, Sloane, uh, yep. who I'm super happy to have back. Like. I mm-hmm. I didn't realize how much I actually enjoyed having Sloane around until like she was gone and I was like, "Oh, Sloane's gone." And now she's back. It's like, "Yay, Sloane's back." Yeah, she's she's a character that um has a lot more going on than, you know, she she's very much appears to be somewhat of a a similar character to Zavala in, in a lot of ways, you know, very stoic, very mission first kind of yeah. vibe. Um but she's you know, she's got a lot more going on. She's not unfeeling. Uh, and I don't know, she, she's a very interesting character to kind of see all of these events through the eyes of. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm excited they brought her back and that we get to explore more of that arcology that we didn't get to before through the um, seasonal, uh, seasonal event, the, the uh, three-man and six-man uh Content that they they put out was, for was it. it. Sal- salvage and deep dive, I think, are the. Yeah, I think that's right. The two. Because the the, sal- the salvage one, we're helping, we're helping Drifter right get all the get some golden age tech together. Yeah, or are we helping everyone. I, I think it's I think Drifter is working with Sloan kind of thing. It's one of those where you could get different commentators just depending on what it decides to to give you that for that round. Um, yeah, but yeah, salvage we're picking up salvage and then deep dive is diving into lower depths of the arcology that are under this methane ocean um to get at uh you know presumably better tech oh and the the um the taken stuff uh, not, it's not egregore is it 
Yes. Yep. Is that is that where it, it's like Egregore? But yeah, it's not we're like... we're picking up. Uh, we're picking up. It, it's similar to Egregore. They call it Egregore Coral. Right. 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 Um, right. And so for uh, those that that don't remember or weren't around, Egregore is the like black oily vine stuff that appears on Drifter's ship and was in like the Glycon and uh you know the the Leviathan when it was back. Um and it it is uh a substance, a organic substance that seems to grow in the presence of dark energy and it acts as a conduit between the mental energies of two beings. Um and so that that is uh we're we're collecting that and I guess to to back up a little bit we're collecting that because we want to connect the consciousnesses of two beings. Uh and those two beings are shown off in the very first quest uh kind of story mission of this season. So we receive a distress signal from Sloan um you know Titan apparently has has reappeared for reasons not really known yet. Uh, we receive a distress signal from Sloan saying, you know, calling all guardians, assistance needed kind of thing. Uh, we arrive on Titan. We battle our way through to where this distress signal is coming from, which ends up being in a uh, underwater observatory kind of thing. Um, we We get there and we find Sloan and... Uh, Sloan is not Sloan's partly taken. I, I don't know if there's another way to say that. Sloan is is been partly taken. Her one of her arms and hands and legs are all have that like taken glow to them. Uh, but she herself appears to still be in control, and uh, you know we we come in like we're here to save you let's let's go uh and her response is you know oh i i didn't call the distress signal for me i called it for her the her being this giant leviathan that is living in the methane ocean uh that kind of swims up to the um the window of this underwater observatory and that's Essentially, that's the key art for the season, that big eyeball in the window with Sloan looking out. Uh, and we learned that this Leviathan's name is, uh, I think it was Asa? Yeah, I, I thought it was Asha at first because, you know, my squirrel brain and dyslexia just decided to just all jumble in at once. And I was like, <laughs> oh, there's an A, there's an S, there's an H, and there's an A. So it's got to be Asha. But no, it's, it's A-H-S-A, Asa. Yeah. Because it has to be, you know, peak confusing. Exactly, uh, exactly. But yeah, so Asa, this Leviathan, um, has formed some kind of uh, friendship or, or kinship with Sloane and is, um, by Sloane's words, you know, part of the, the reason why she's survived uh, is, you know, when Titan was wherever Titan was. And is also an ally, wants to help us. But the problem is, Asa doesn't have a way to communicate with us. But due to Sloane's, uh, unclear if it's due to Sloane's takenness or some other kind of 
you know, bond between her and Asa, she can kind of read Asa's thoughts to a degree, but it's really fuzzy and it's kind of unclear. You know, she just kind of gets the general intention, but not actual words at the moment. And that's why we're collecting this egregore because we can use that egregore substance to strengthen that psychic link with the the hope of uh, having a a more open channel of communication. Yeah, I I always I I was kind of taking it as like uh, almost like the way the puka um, communicates is 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 kind of the feeling I get here between uh, Asa and and uh, Sloan where. Uh, it's they're not exact words. It's more like abstract thoughts or abstract feelings are being communicated. Yeah, and so then Sloane is is able to kind of like verbalize what she is experiencing. Um, but like you were saying, it's it's not it's very abstract. It's very it's no it's Asa isn't going like hey the bad guys are over there maybe go that way. It's like Aha is like. Um, aha! Now, now I'm thinking of '80s bands. Uh, Asa is like is is basically like portraying like some type of emotion or or feeling or or something similar to that, and then Sloan is trying to like interpret that of like what is what is what is yeah. Asa trying to say. So yeah, it's it's a it's a very rough very rough, I guess one way communication because it doesn't seem like Sloan can like talk back, but I shit I don't know like. Asa isn't talking to us. So. Right. It's it's unclear. I think I think there is some form of back and forth, but it, it again, it's not it's not very clearly understood. It's it's very um yeah, it's very abstract both ways. Yeah. Uh, or at least that's what it how I took it from the description. So we're trying to make that better and make it so we can actually talk intelligently between us and Asa, and hopefully she has information that will will aid us against the witness. Yeah. Well, let's start this off with. Uh, um, I I usually start with questions, but I guess we'll do we'll do like a a little bit of a question, a little bit of a, a neat fun fact. Um, the first question is: Is Asa that giant fish thing we saw years and years and years ago when Titan was here? And you went all the way to the bottom, and you could like look out through the glass, and there was like this really dark, worm-looking leviathan-looking creature swimming past. Is that is that a full-on confirmed? Like that's what Asa is, or like? By all accounts, yes. There, okay. there's, there isn't a lore statement anywhere, as far as I know, that says, "Hey, you know when you were down in that place with those big windows <laughs> and saw that that shadow? Yeah, that was me." Uh, <laughs> that that was me. <laughs> yeah, nothing quite that on the nose, but I I think it's pretty safe to say that yeah, it's probably the same thing. Okay, then we're gonna again until proven or shown otherwise, we're gonna that's gonna be the assumption here. Yeah. Um, the next one is uh, is there is there any info on like what Sloan was up to over the last like what two years? Yes. Because uh, that, that'd be, what, since Beyond Light, the end of Season of Arrivals, right? Yep. Holy yep. shit. It's really been, like, two years since... since And so I, and it was funny, too, because, like, you mentioned Titan has come back for whatever reason. I'm curious if the Witness's powers are starting to wane. Like, 
Is Maybe. he starting to like loot? Like because he's no longer here, like we're theorizing that he went through that portal and is on like a different plane of existence. Like now his now his hold isn't really kind of holding anymore and maybe he's starting to lose the the hold that he had on all these places yeah it's certainly possible um you know some more sabathoon cunning trickery bullshit (laughs) (laughs) i who knows what contingency plans she set up even after her death um but it, it could very well be the witness it could be that um shivu arath who is kind of seemingly the main baddie the main antagonist uh for this season a lot of dialogue from her yeah season like she's definitely taking front center so it's yeah it seems like she's she's the the main antagonist so maybe she has brought titan back you know or or has asked the witness to bring it back for a reason you know we don't know yet um but yeah so i think that's a good entry point uh, to start talking about some of the new lore cards that really dive into uh, what happened to Titan and Sloane while she was on Titan when it was, you know, taken, for lack yeah. of a better term. Because all, all we get from her, I, and I want to say this is like during like one of the intro cutscenes, is uh, she talks about how uh, she had to like jump from extraction point to extraction point to try to just like keep moving the whole mm-hmm. time she couldn't stay still for too long and like that's that's really all we get yeah no she's um she's not particularly forthcoming <laughs> with yeah uh you know information about what she's been up to so we're gonna we're gonna dig it up for you and explain a bit as we see in some of the lore cards so the first one we are going to look at today is the lore card for the thin precipice which is uh, a sword that has come out with season of the deep and it talks about one of our i don't want to say favorite but um a knight that we have had a lot of dealings with um and that is kelgarath uh who is one of the high-ranking knights of Shivu Arath's uh, war council. And um, by nature of us having killed him multiple times, I assume is high enough that he has his own throne world. And that's why he keeps coming back. Yeah. Ayat. Yeah. So, Thin Precipice. And it goes like this. Kelgarath kneels before a feeble altar in an empty court, a dead knight's realm, a shriveled, fleshless rind, a cautionary tale. A wizard floats over the altar. The high celebrant's domain was once a grand place of adoration. It holds a mighty tribute. The wizard, Rakthrin, War Council whispers Shivurath's bait to the night. Kelgarath remembers how Savathun sought the sky and became its puppet. Also, she could usurp sword logic. Favor wanes, it can be rekindled. You were disarmed, shamed. Beaten so many times by a light wielder. Kelgarath stands, spinning to face Rakthrin. 
He thrusts a claw forward at the wizard's throat, but she swoops back out of his reach. Kelgarath sneers. I need no blade. I am the weapon wielded. The plates upon my body are razors. Should you have remained with Savathun and prayed to her to give you the light, perhaps you would have found greatness then. You wither without her favor. <sighs> I spit on the witch sister. I am an instrument of war. Not yet. Not truly. Rakthine conjures a dark bolt of lightning that saps the room's din lighting and casts it into the altar. The altar splits apart with a timbered snap, revealing an emerald sliver of a blade, bleeding shadow and whispering rapture. A shard of the Taken King's blade, conquered out of love, stolen away from Saturn's shadow. Kelgarath fixates upon the blade shard, and the wizard gestures to it with a lipless smile, and the knight steps forward. I will take it, to be an instrument of her will, to cleanse the hate of weakness with loving violence. Kalgarath encloses his claws around the emerald sliver, and wisps of shadow spill between the gaps. I offer myself to this union. And the barrier of his flesh melts away, and a will not his own enraptures him. And he rises, Kelgaroth, risen from bones, taken by war. And that's the end of that one. So, who the fuck is taking shit? Well, like, taking taking king is no more. This there, is there, true. The only power to take comes directly from the witness. Or at least I think it does. Shit, we have no idea. Tolan was like, hey, go take the throne. And we were like, meh, <laughs> we're fine. Which we theorized in our Ahamkara stuff that like the throne may not have been empty. Riven, uh, I think, held right. the power at that time. Yeah. Um, because we fought those that were, we fought like taken servitors and stuff that said, you know, of a thousand voices or yep. of, you know, whatever. Um, so here, Kelgroth is being taken upon encountering this sliver of Oryx's sword. Gotcha. It's it's almost like the sword itself is still holding the power to take. It it seems like it. Uh like a very dark um sword in the stone kind of vibe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and if you think about it back on I I mean hell when he when he every time he activated his weapon the from to to um, extend his throne world into our realm. He was using his sword in that like platform, right. and then at the end of I think the mission was called Regicide. Eris Morn comes over and she like pokes it, and then like it crumbles away, and she takes like the main shard of it, and that's what we end up making the exotic swords out of. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like it. I I, I think that the power to take itself, um, is maybe not trapped inside the blade or, or, or a chunk of the blade, uh, but definitely something, something similar to that. Like, like uh, he's taken so many things that now it's, 
it's it's kind of has a will of its own. Like the 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 power to take is its own will. Um, yeah. Now so, yeah. It, it does say that his his new title is taken by war. Shivu Rath being oh, the war yeah, god. Yeah, yeah. So if perhaps the witness has because the witness is where Oryx learned taking presumably. Yep. Um, so the witness may have taught the same thing to Shivu at this point. Might, might as well. You're running out of generals, dude. Yeah. Like <laughs> we, we've killed two of them now. And well, I guess do we count as killing Savathun? I mean, is she she's as dead as, yeah. I mean, she's as dead she's as, as any dead guardian as, that's that has saying. their ghost still floating around. So like, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, did we actually like, Okay, we usurped one. Did she usurped herself? God, Sabathun is so fucky. That's that's all there is to say about that. Two yeah. of them are gone. Two of them are no longer in power. Let's put it yeah. that way. We have for sure killed one and watched his body float all the way into Saturn, which I'm assuming is still now at the center of Saturn. Um, yeah, well, it does It does specifically say that um, Shivu Arath stole this away from Saturn's shadow. So Okay, yep. Presumably, she went and found Oryx's body, which is kind of scary in and of itself, and found this piece of his sword, and you know is now offering it as as a weapon. I, I figured either that or she just raided the dreadnought and just found it on the dreadnought itself because the dreadnought. I guess that's and, possible too. Yeah, because I remember in old Titan you used to be able to look up at the at Saturn and you could see the hole. Yeah, um, in the rings, um, and so I presumably the the dreadnought was still floating there. Yeah. So uh, what what this entry tells us is that Kelgaroth is still around. And and again, remind me one more time, who was Kelgaroth before this point? Was was he like a Lost Sector boss or was he a... We, we came across him a couple times. He um, he was the celebrant, Shivu Arath's high celebrant. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, um, yep. Nope, so we, we fought him During in season, season and season of the Lost. Yep, so yep. He appeared in both Hunt and Season of the Lost, and now here. Uh, and he was originally a loyalist to Savathun. And then when Savathun started rejecting the worms, he uh, abandoned her and joined Shivu Arath. Okay. Yep. Nope. I'm remembering now. Yeah. So uh, this is him kind of being rechristened as you know a new, newer, more powerful form of himself. Uh, and apparently still has enough trust with Shivu for her to grant him this gift. Uh, and we get to see what he does with it in the next lore entry, uh, which is from the sniper rifle, a distant pull. And it goes like this. Titan fell into darkness only moments before the first tomb craft arrived. They bore the burning sigils of war, dripping soul fire from their branded hulls as it gushed from an open wound. Beneath the churning sea, a guardian light wrapped in metal, yet to be coiled in promise, watched the skies turn to ink and hive fiends disembark the invading craft. Proclamations scattered across the methane ocean, eager words searching each wave's crest with jade flame. The hive's intent was clear. Tear asunder the claims of the witch sister to this place. 
and raise the banners of war. Led by a massive knight, acolytes descended to depths once infested by denizens of the lie, down to where they sung of trickery and echoed from long-dead shrieks. They marched in adorant procession, surveyed by a host of thralls that defaced the remnant traces of Savathun's holdings with hungering delight. Held aloft in the claw of a central acolyte was a wizard's skull, recovered from the flame-licked wash before Titan's capture. The acolyte delicately placed the skull upon a ragged sheet of conquered faux flesh, while others carved a circle of runes around it. The acolyte took position over the runes. They threw their heads back and howled a discordant melody that ignited the circle, consuming each of them in soulfire conflagration. The melody took hold, flooding the flesh of the accompanying thralls with frenzy, and they surged forward, kicked and clawed their kin in a mad scramble to reach the skull first, to claim it. Each time the melody thrummed, an acolyte turned to ash. Each time the melody thrummed, spilled thrall viscera twisted into fetid swirls around the skull. Blood and ash was offered until none remained, and the knight stepped forward brandishing a blade of deathly menace. I call Sivurath. I invoke war's presence. Take this dredge cast out by your sister. Take her claims as your own. And the churning soul flame was drawn into the knight's deathly blade and then plunged into the wizard's skull and the runic circle projected an ancient realm, and the knight felt watchful eyes leering from atop a distant black terrace perched above that projected realm, and the thunderous response pressed him to his knees. Kelgarath, I accept thine offerings. Through will lies are unearthed, through will lies are made truth. Through will lies fall to conquest. Kudzad bound, you are named in service. And that's the end of that one. So this is definitely uh, territory re- reclamation is yes. what it is. Uh, yes. All, all of... I love it. I absolutely love it. As like as you're reading this, I'm like, she's diving into Sabathun's song. Like she's mm-hmm. just literally like running through the halls of like her sister's old stomping ground, like, I'm taking this. This is mine now. Yep. You're dead and you betrayed us. You're dead. Screw you. This shit's mine. I'm war. You're you're dead. I'm taking more of this. This one this is that's mine. That skull over there, that's mine. Uh yeah, that's <laughs> Yeah, that she's literally just claimed like obviously not her personally because at the end there he rips open a portal and like she's right. chilling out in her own throne world like yeah 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 you got this buddy you got this you're you're good to go bro yeah. Um, so yeah that's that's what's happening here she's she and it's it's interesting to me too um, at the very beginning it it mentions a single light bearer I think uh, so it's. <laughs> 
Yeah, Mark Sloan so, is just watching this shit happen. Yeah, it says, Beneath the churning sea, a guardian light wrapped in metal, yet to be coiled in promise, watch the skies turn to ink. So I think this is this is literally Sloan. And remember, um, at the end of Season of Arrivals, Sloan had acquired a Golden Age power armor suit. Yep. Um, that literally bolted into her bones. Like yep. it, it wasn't coming off. It was a permanent fixture. Um, so I think that's the wrapped in metal portion. Yep. Um, so she's, you know, th- this is the moment that Titan is being taken. Like the, the sky is turning to that's, ink. That's I think is terrifying. Is yeah, literally the planet. It's taking it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Kelgarath was the first was the first general boots on the ground to reclaim it in the name of Shivu Arath and, uh, yeah, desecrate anything that would have marked this as Savathun's territory before. Because that's, that's, again, that's kind of the key things to remember here is all of, all of Titan, well, I, I presume all of Titan, was under uh, Savathun. Uh, that's why the strike Savathun song was there, and when you get to yep. the end of it, like her massive... Um, uh, Shrieker Eye, uh, that was her watchful eye watching over there, everything. That was where Savathun was uh, experimenting with um, light, of taking light from Guardians, specifically Void Light, uh, out of yeah. Guardians and storing it in crystals. Um, and those are the crystals that we popped on the way through the strike to like open the next door and then get to the final one and and uh, take a three, right? Yes. Uh, was the, yeah. final, the final one at the bottom of that to be... Um, to have her light pulled, ripped from her body and shoved into a crystal. And she was, she, Tago 3 is the whole reason we were able to even destroy the, the Sabathun's song, uh, the, the Shrieker Eye. Um, So yeah. Uh, And then of course, Sloane being the last, the last guardian there, like the, she stayed there to the very end till it was taken and sat through this and watched all this (laughs) desecration happen. Um, and then there's two there's two other things that kind of, that are kind of like a theme that's running so far, the the idea of the sky, which is uh, we talked about this in our light and dark series. That's a that's the light. Every time we, every time they mention the sky, it's it's the light. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is is the lie and the truth. Yep. Um, I'm presuming the lie is always mentioning. Uh, every time they mention the lie, they're talking about Sabathun, uh, and then the truth being darkness. Yeah, I, I'm assuming that that's what they're going for. So there, there's a couple instances where they're absolutely talking about Savathun because they talk about um, the acolytes descended to depths once infested by denizens of the lie, yeah, yep. the the queen of lies essentially. Yep. Um, and then the Shivu Arath's statements, she says, "Through will, lies are unearthed. Through will, lies are made truth." through will lies fall to conquest. So yeah. Yeah. You know, we are uprooting what Savathun planted here. Uh, we are showing that her attempts, her, her way of betraying the darkness was wrong. And we are now taking, uh, her territory for ourselves through, through conquest. Yep. So, um, so yeah, so as, as we mentioned, Sloan's just hanging out on Titan through all of this. Uh, and so you, you might be wondering what, what is she doing when all of this is happening? And, Being a uh, crazy person, that's what she's doing. Yes. 
Yes. Um, we can see pieces of Sloane's journey on Titan through all of the time that she was there uh, through the armor sets for this season. Uh, and now these armor sets are the same across all of the classes. So it doesn't matter which, you know, which class you're looking at, they, they'll have the same cards on them. Um, so we are going to start with the NPA Werewalker helmet. Uh, and it goes like this. Day Zero. Titan's pyramid dragged hurricanes across the sky like chained gods. Deputy Commander Sloan had seen faint lightning flash from deep beneath the Arcology Dome, timed prior strikes and their thunder to judge the storm's movement. But as she walked outside to a flash, this time there was no thunder. It had taken Sloan most of the morning after the Guardian had left to reach the surface. Waves were overtaking the rig platform, sloshing methane across the battle-marred power suit woven into, Titan's Slo into Sloan's Titan body. Hell, she straightened her spine within the suit and stared at the pyramid through her HUD watching it displace existence around it as it clawed a distorted path through the sky. Siochain zoomed toward through a blur of flickering neon. It looks like it's moving away from us. It shouldn't be moving at all. Sloane turned to her ghost. Let's get that perimeter set. The hive will come again tonight. Before she could move... The pyramid began shedding scales from its hull, and they hovered for a moment over where they detached and then peeled away, revealing opalescent flesh. And suddenly the pyramid emitted a wave that struck Titan, and a half-remembered tone resonated through Sloane's mind. With it, a lifetime. Every experienced moment in a slurry of vivid flashes condensed into s simultaneous chaotic anarchy, grasping at grief, joy, anger, love, seen from where she stood, past experiences gained new perspectives. Memories best left dusted with rosy haze shrank under harsh light. Warmth too fleeting cold, still, ever frigid in its isolation. And something else, sifting through it all, drawing it to order, as if rearranging fractured collegiate pains into a new image. She struggled to breathe, and her suit flexed against the weight of her years, splayed out across time in violating fashion. And then just as suddenly, they were gone, faded into dreams, and the sky turned black and orange like a fire screen, and thunder resonated. Sloane's body pitched forward over the platform, sinking through air and then sea. Heavy metal was swallowed whole, consciousness faded to black. Her experience tumbled through sharded areas of reality like an astral projection, even as she felt her feet still firmly planted in the present. 
a cascade of timeless scenes whirled by, like panes of life captured in glass, in an indefinite stream of consciousness. Scenes of Titan, of a vibrant seascape installation, too familiar not to be memories. But they weren't hers. But they were no less real. Their point of focus left Titan and dragged backwards across the lonely expanse of space to a world she'd never seen, its seas full of vivacious promise, its moons conceal a watcher in the sky, its waves breed insidious appetite in the depth. There is a temptation there that she craves but does not understand, unnatural and cursed. She fell again, guided, through a song, a memory, an image of a dream bent into perception like a focusing lens, unreality coated in familiar skin, an attempt at understanding. She sees the tower, friends and comrades, shine and grime, a heralded return, a shadow drawn overhead. A battle delayed, returning. The tower, during a time yet lived. Black shadows that would fill an empty void in the sky. Extending, impaling blades down into the streets. Pinning life in paralytic mockeries of contentment. A display that strangles agency. A serpent winds a path beneath the shadow and offers to guide. She remembered this happening, and that it had not yet happened. That's the end of that one. Dude, this is the most abstract, <laughs> yes, crazy shit ever. Like, yes, it is. You, <laughs> I don't even know. Like, like I, I, I understand what is happening here. The what happened essentially is the py- the pyramid shit came in, and and it went. Bong and let out that big orange blast that it does, and that blast because it is a darkness blast uh, invokes everything related to the um, uh, what word do we use the other the metaphysical yeah the things in your mind the emotions memories uh, and it literally slammed into her and it 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 activated like it did exactly what it's designed to do and sent every memory she's ever had every emotion she's ever had all at once through her mind in in her mind's eye and through her body and not even just in her mind's eye like physically manifested this like at her uh and then she saw the future as a as a past experience <laughs> like what the fuck is that so so i think 100% on the right track that that pulse that came off of the the pyramid ship was just a darkness pulse and i'm assuming that that pulse is what took the planet oh sure sure like 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 uh well i can't say like making the planet remember oh but if it's like if it's able to like see the future self of itself oh man this is this is fucky man it is it is but what i what i think happened is that pulse affected everything on the planet so sloan was not just getting her memories and thoughts and feelings she was getting the memories and thoughts of feelings of 
Titan itself, because she was seeing other versions of Titan, as well as any other darkness attuned entity, uh, presumably on the planet. Yeah. So, so Kelgareth, uh, all the, all the knights, all the, all the acolytes, all the, anything taken, presumably every single hive that was on that ship or, or near that ship. Right. Cause she, she describes seeing fundament, you yeah. know, I, a sea full of, full of promise. It's moons conceal a watcher in the sky. It's waves breed insidious appetite in the deep. Like yeah. those are the worms, that's, the that's traveler in the sky. Yeah, that's all of it. <laughs> the 50, 52, 52, 52 plus 52, one. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Um, yeah. now I don't necessarily think she's getting the image of fundament from the hive though. Oh. Uh, so just keep that in mind. Cause that will come maybe, up again. Maybe from the worms that are in the hive. I don't know. We'll see. Mm. So regardless, she you know, is, is out on the surface, gets hit with this like mental nuke essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and quite literally like stumbles into the ocean. She stumbles into the methane sea and is just sinking in this power suit that she's wearing. Which again, me attacking this with a point of science, like methane, methane versus water. Like what temperature does methane have to get to? to stay in a liquid form and what's its density like i i have no idea about density (laughs) but i can tell you that the um liquid temperature for methane is negative 82 degrees celsius or we could just we could just what subtract uh 473 and we'll get it straight to kelvin so it's like negative 500 something kelvin okay yeah no that's cold yeah that's that's crazy cold (laughs) Yeah, for those that are wondering, it's negative uh, 115 Fahrenheit. So there you go. So Sloan is in this very, very cold liquid, but the power suit is meant for this location. Like it's meant to survive in this ocean. That's why they I built them say, originally. This, this is like the, the Golden Age ones that, uh, that right. were described in Kraken Mare. Right. So she's, you know, unconscious or, or, you know, reeling from this experience, has gone over the edge is in the ocean and then we pick up with the wear walker gloves uh and they go like this day three repulsion lattice integrity normal oxygen sieve nominal depth 106 meters the lettering on Sloane's HUD clarified into vision. She dragged a hand through methane fluid to her faceplate, absentmindedly trying to rub the grogginess from her eyes. Motion in the dark surrounding her kicked up clouds of fine grit. Her headlights flared as her fingertips clinked against her helmet, and a thrall came screaming into the beam of light, bubbles spewing from its jaws. Sloane's eyes went wide before she reflexively flipped the thrall over her shoulder and kicked its jaw through its skull. Her power suit spooled and pushed stimulants reactively. She pivoted and caught the sword of a knight mid-swing, snapping the weapon in two between the fingers of her gauntlet and driving a shard of the broken blade back into its chest. 
Another thrall crossed her headlights just before a silver streak whistled through its throat. Sloane eyed a selection in her visor which highlighted over thirty dead hive slowly deteriorating in boils of tiny, rumbling ignitions that set nerve spasms through their husks. Her visor cleared the readings and snapped onto a friendly signal. Siochain drifted forward, high viscera gently wafting into the sea from the slender razors protruding from her shell. You were out for days. Sloane's face wrinkled in confusion. I remember the pyramid wave falling. Dreams. Are you okay? Hive found us, like you said, So Chain said, retracting her blades. Sloane grabbed the ghost and hugged her to her power suit chassis for a moment. Little killer really gave him the business. So Chain chirped. The pyramid wave swept over Titan, bounced around a bit, and centralized where the pyramid stopped. Gravity went crazy, and then the ocean. I think we're a few miles from where we were when all this started. The pyramid stopped? Then that's where we're headed. After we grab some gear, Sloane said. Siochain dipped forward. One more thing. Something's out there circling us. Not hive, but I can't quite pin it down. It's it's big. Yeah, Sloane said, thinking what went through her mind before she lost consciousness. Then let's not waste any time getting out of here. Some time passes. Sloane lifted herself from the ocean onto a half-submerged arcology platform where she'd stowed a variety of rations and munitions since Titan's skies went dark. Her power suit clattered against the steel mesh floor, and she waited for the echoes to die down before taking a moment to exhale in the silence. In that quiet moment, she made out a faint voice. Siochain rose into view. Do you hear that? I was just about to ask you. Sloane said, standing. She snatched first in, last out from a stow locker, racked the foregrip, and then followed the voice down a barnacle-crusted causeway to an old research lab with Sochain in tow. Fluid trickled down cracked walls surrounding rows of dead monitors. Glass reflected prismatic color from a gnarled tear in reality at the lab's center, as if it had been carved from another epoch and affixed to this one. A human, that didn't seem to notice them, paced within the tear, standing in a fully functioning mirage of the arcology. Once he turned toward them, the tear spasmed and lurched forward and backward in time at erratic durations and speeds. He was ripped both ways into non-existence as the tear flittered through events like a fourth-dimensional montage. The tear held steady again, returning the man and his moment to existence. Siochain took note of the badge on his coat and read, uh, Gideon Teppin, NPA, Senior Marine Biologist. Teppin looked upset and turned away before speaking. 
She's afraid. That's why we're all having them. Something's wrong. She's showing us what's coming in plain view. The man angrily swiped his hand through the air in Sloane's direction. It's like she's screaming it into my head. I, I know I'm not the only one hearing it. It chose us. He stepped forward and placed his hand on the border between then and now. I'm dreaming my own memories, but with little differences, little omens, black ships in the sky. Sloane leaned forward, hand nearly pressed to that of the living memory playing out before her on the other side. She's trying to warn us. We should evacuate. We have to get her... And the tear lurched again, ripped and ripped away, lost to the rushing passage of time and blinked into non-existence. Sloane dropped her hand, jaw clenched. See if you can dig up any arcology records on this. The marine biologist, Teppen, was he in some sort of captured time fluctuation? Is that, is that even possible? I've never seen anything like it, Shochain said. Shochain skimmed archive reports. Uh, it's under T-Level 1. Looks like a psychic space whale some biologists were studying out in the ocean. They never got accurate measures, uh, but this estimate can't be correct. Over 150 meters. Reports say it was... From here, though, and refers to a, a lot of visions that personnel were having, which is odd. Uh, not a lot of alien species in Seoul until after the Golden Age. I was having dreams when I was out, Sochain, of some other world. The pyramid on Titan, the tower. Like, I, I remembered being there for each one. Well, I guess it could be an ancient space whale, or sometimes the traveler gives people dreams, but are are we going to ignore the very obvious you were rendered unconscious by a pyramid wave of darkness explanation? No, but we've seen enough weird not to knock it, Sloan sighed. Sure, I'll log that away, Xiaochain said. You know... The readings coming from inside that field Teppen was in were consistent with atmospheric records on Titan during the collapse. What does that mean? Sloane looked back at the spot where the warped space-time once stood. Does that mean he was real? I... I don't know. I just know it wasn't a simulation. And that's the end of this very long card. Yeah, holy shit. That was a lot. Uh, so Sloan got knocked out for a few days. Yep. Uh, what's the other instance of a ghost like flying through something skull? Do you, um, in, do you remember that? Yeah, it was Drifter's ghost flew right. through the skull of, I think, a warlord. Um, I think you're right. Shortly after Drifter was was revived. Yep. So apparently ghosts are like, Fully capable of fucking shit up on their own. Well, and 
This one has razor blades. Retractable razors. What? <laughs> Why? Why does a ghost have retractable razors? I mean, who hurts you, ghost? For for this, apparently. <laughs> who hurts you? Just in case, you never know when your guardian's going to get knocked out, and then you yep. can't do anything for two or three days, and you're just sitting at the bottom of a methane ocean, killing thrall and hive and night acolyte everything like. Jesus. Let's let's just highlight real quick here. Like I know to us, Thrall are like eh, whatever, but Thrall have been the reason for a lot of deaths in the Destiny universe, and for a single ghost over the course of three days to fight off like thirty of them, it's pretty kind impressive. Of a big deal, kind of a big deal. Like I'm kind of curious as to why Ghost needs us. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> right. Like he's up there with his retractable razor blades flying through people's skulls, like whatever. <laughs> um, so yeah, but okay. So I want to focus on the on this tear um, in this mm-hmm. entry. I I have a couple things that I'm that I'm curious about. One, that name sounds so familiar. Is he the guy that swam to the bottom of the thing on the last days on Kraken Mare? So, uh, Teppen is his name. Yeah, G- Giddy, Gideon Teppen or G- Gillian Teppen. So I say Teppen. Let me let me try his first name here. Yeah, because um, Teppen is only only comes back as these lore entries. This lore entry. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Gideon also only these lore okay. entries. So new a character we so, have not heard before. Okay, I was curious if it was the one of the one of the ones that were there on on the last day. I mean, <laughs> I say I'm curious if he was one of the people that were there. He was not in the entry to in in the last days of Crack Mare, but he's absolutely one of the people that were there in the last <laughs> yes. days because this is a tear in reality. This is a remembrance tear, like what we saw in what we see in Mars, yep. um, and presumably. Whatever this psychic alien thing is showing this to him. Yeah, this uh this psychic space whale, as yeah. Sio Chain calls it. Which um, is which is again what I'm thinking of is the Leviathan. And a couple things are mentioned here. One that they say that there's no known alien races to the soul system prior pre Golden Age. Like the traveler is essentially the first alien, and I put that kind of in quotations, but it by all definitions of the word alien, the traveler is the first alien to the soul system. Uh, so is the Leviathan native? Well, I mean, I, I think there's a couple of things there. Like Shio Chain says not a lot of alien species in soul af- until after the golden age, which doesn't right. necessarily mean there aren't any. Um, it also could be like, they, they don't know. Cause cl- clearly the Ahamkara were around. Um, oh, that's right. The Vax. Here in the Golden Age. Yep. Yep. So, Vex. like, yep. there there are definitely okay. some extraterrestrial beings during the Golden Age, just not they they weren't you know every other corner you turned like they are now. Yep. Yep. Okay. But this is this is absolutely a a a a, t- a remembrance tear. Yeah. That's happening here, and oddly enough, do we know if if Gideon can see Sloan? It doesn't seem like he can because he's not acknowledging sloan directly right. i think it's just like he happens to be gesturing towards where she's watching this from which which is crazy too because like if he can if he is seeing that then that means that like the memory portion of like these these tears 
goes throughout all of time and existence. Yeah. Like, that's fucking mind-blowing. So, like, that blast that hits her, that, that remembrance wave, that remembrance darkness wave, isn't just remembering things from from this from an item's past or from a, from an entity's past it's remember everything that ever has and ever will happen to that entity that's potentially crazy yeah. that is crazy well and even even if that's not what's happening he's clearly getting visions him and apparently many others at the arcology sure. are getting visions presumably from this space whale um that the are dark are, ships in the sky yeah are showing them you know, the imminent, you know, fall yeah. of Titan. <laughs> hey, hey, collapse is coming. Get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they're not really sure what it was, just that it was weird and eerie and not a simulation, as yeah. Chain says. Uh, so we continue... This with these are, the these are some long ass entries for just being armor entries. Like, how is this not a lore entry in a they, book? I know, I know. They <laughs> just, they that's are blowing my mind right now. Destiny's up in their lore game right now. <laughs> yeah, there's some long entries. Um, but so we are continuing now uh, with the uh, next entry, which is coming from the Werewalker chest piece, um, and this one is. Much further into the future. Remember, we were at zero days and then three days, and this one is day 92. And it goes like this. Sloane deftly maneuvered across the open ocean floor. Together with her ghost, she'd chased the pyramid signal across Titan, but arrived too late at each coordinate site. They'd encountered nothing more than further wounds in the fabric of reality slivered glimpses into moments held in titan's memory occasionally discarded shrieker cores would litter a site evidence of a ritual gone cold but not so cold that shochain couldn't detect figments of resonant residue that drove her scanners haywire more than once sloan had found a clutch of disoriented fallen scattered around these wounds some in a stupor mostly driven violently mad shiochain said their brain patterns had been fractured synapses burnt into conflicting loops as if their collection of experiences had been dissected and left disparate and apart but sloan felt drawn across the barren sea floor to each new sight shrouded in sunless shadow something cut through that dark guided her as if she drafted behind a huge wave we're almost to the next site show change said let's pick it up the methane flowed over sloan's armor in a slick slipstream current that left a long tail of particulate floating in her wake agitated by oxygen bubbles spurting from her mask Shiochain followed close behind, sweeping the area with light beams that dissipated over vast, featureless depths. Resonant pyramid energy, neutrino dispersals, and some kind of quantum entangling? That's uh, the best I can make of it, Shiochain says, razor blades deployed. The pyramid's moving again. The new site seemed quiet on the surface, 
Sloane glanced over a sea cliff and tapped Xiuqin, who had been leering out at the expansive of dark ocean, as if she was tracking something. Are you ready? The ghost turned to Sloane and hesitantly tilted her shell in a nod. They killed their lights, allowing the bioluminescent coral around them to illuminate the path down to a newly split-open gorge infested with taken corruption. Sloane swapped her visor to a thermal targeting overlay and slipped over the edge of the chasm. Tendrils of taken malignants flowed from the split ground beneath her, dancing in the methane like noxious filament. The fissure looked large enough for her to finagle her suit through safely. Sloane glanced over her shoulder and held up a hand to Shochain. Watch my back from a distance. Uh, no, I can fight, she bit back defiantly. Fallen, hive, taken are all over this sector. Lie low on this one. If something goes wrong, I can't go wrong. It can't go wrong with you. You get me? Sloane proceeded and landed in a small cavern where a tangle of taken threads writhed around a decrepit hive sigil of resilient witchcraft. Whispers spewed from the sigil, wrapping around her mind, coaxing her forward. She reached a hand toward the sigil, and methane burst around her like depth charges as taken blights manifested at small detachments. Sloane spun, her fists crackling with lightning, her fingers weaving her arc light safely through the methane around her. She charged the first of three blights, thruster dodging incoming fire, pinged by her HUD. She broke through the blight screen, planted her feet, and threw a lightning punch like a Gauss cannon, atomizing the Taken and the blight itself. Her power suit carried her, fo- her fists from hostile to hostile in rising battle fervor. When the cavern quieted, Sloane turned back to the sigil and called Xiochain down. I can hear... I can hear the Taken through this sigil thing. It's like they're broadcasting. Not in words, but like sonar. Can you tap into it? Xiochain's concerned response was muffled by an intrusive thought echoing from somewhere far off circling the sea around her and draining off into her mind. Take. Live. Sloane thought of the ocean shelves crawling with the pyramid's minions, their rituals and corruption sinking deeper into Titan's mantle, of the armies they threatened to summon, of what they searched for in the deep. She thought of the fallen who had no way to flee, shocked into madness by the reality-wounding waves, a terminator of experience via suspension within it. With this foreknowledge of her enemy's plans, maybe she could be a step ahead. Take. Live. Sloane stepped forward in a daze, her mind drowning in the ocean's dangers, and gripped the sigil. The rippling taken energy immediately backfired in a blinding burst of energy, 
No! Sochain dove forward in horror as the taken tendrils twisted around Sloane's armor and dragged her to the ground. Sloane! As tendrils buried themselves into her flesh, Sloane heard a new voice, this one clear as sirens in a storm. Warrior of the sky, you are known to me. I accept your challenge. And that's the end of that one. Uh-oh. Sh- shouldn't yeah, have done this, that. This is not good. This is not good at all. So we've we've got a couple things happening here. I guess the first one is is what's the what's the whisper with the with the take? Yeah, so something uh and I this is presumably whatever thing is out in the distance circling them and has been following them for months now. Yeah. As Sloan and that's the other thing. Sloan is literally walking across the bottom of the ocean <laughs> for extended periods suit. of time in complete darkness. The only thing she has to talk to is her ghost. That is it. Can you yeah. imagine? She spent two years like that. Yeah. Like, I, I'm just gonna say she's got she might have a little PTSD. I'm just gonna say it. I mean, as someone that has a very irrational fear of open water. I have it just from reading this shit. You're so. crazy, man. You're crazy, man. <laughs> <laughs> this whole season is like the like the anti-myth season. Like, nope, not going over there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's just say scuba diving is not in my future. Yeah, yeah. But she's chasing this pyramid from point to point, and this pyramid is just outrunning her. Like, it's just... Yeah. I mean... Kind of easy to do when all you got is this, your feet, right? Um, but like at this point where she's at, this sigil that she's found—I'm assuming it's like one of those like uh, um, I want to—I don't know how to describe. Them. They're like the little plates that have like the the hive uh, uh, symbols on them. They have like uh, like crab yeah. on them, or sushi, or bill, or <laughs> hot dogs on a grill, or yeah, um, whatever you call your symbols. Um, so i'm assuming it's one of those like plates with that symbol on it and as soon as she picks it up that's zebra wrath on the other oh yes you can't tell me it's not like she just like ha ha gotcha (laughs) yeah and this Uh this is presumably the time where sloan starts to become taken yeah because she has these tendrils of taken energy that are kind of embedding themselves in in her um but but it seems to be whatever this thing is that's swimming out there in the ocean that's that's sending thoughts at Sloane. It seems to be what that thing wanted her to do. It's saying, take, live, take, live. Yeah. Like is this is this how she exists in the is is this like the like how did Eris Morn survive all those years and she became more hive and that way she was able to survive. Is that essentially what's happening here? It, it kind of seems like that might be the case. I think this is a very similar situation where like she's, she's alone in a hostile environment and she's doing what she needs to do to survive, to get to the other side, to complete the mission, the mission first. Cause that's, that's this whole season. She's always been like the mission, the mission, the mission. And that's, I I love the hell out of her for it. Like, yeah. It, but 
Yeah, she's literally doing what she needs to survive. And and like you're saying, this this thing that's beckoning her, take, live, like it's showing her, hey, if you if you take this sigil, you're good to go. Like it's gonna suck and some shit's gonna happen, but you you're not gonna die. But if you yeah. do it, it it seems as if she doesn't if she doesn't do this, she will die. Like like that's she won't survive to see the the other side of this. Yeah. And again, if this uh if this whale has the ability to have like to see a little bit into the future like maybe it knows hey if you don't have that takenness to you i've seen you not survive this yeah uh but yeah so one way or another uh sloan is now taken and shivu now knows of her and takes it as a challenge her existence essentially as a challenge to shivu arath <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, so we continue um, with a very big time jump. Um, this is on the Werewalker Pants uh, and is now day 287. We've almost, we've almost made it to Witch Queen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> day 287. And it goes like this. There's nothing to hide behind, Sloane laughed sardonically over comms, annoyance building in her voice. She made a point of spinning in the empty, expansive ocean, exoskeleton-encased arms out wide, before turning to her ghost. They'd been walking through desolate nothingness for days, tracking the next site. We need to keep hitting them. It's been over a year of chasing pyramid waves of the blight. You're getting worse. Shochain's shell cut like fins through the methane. And there is something out there. It's been trailing us or ahead of us. I know. It's something old. Sloane's voice was flat. I, I told you. I, I think it's been talking to me. Or... More like thinking at me? Silence hung over them for a moment before being swept away by the current. Oh, is it now? Care to share more about that? The ghost asked with restrained frustration. Whatever's out there, I, I think it's guiding us. Or trying to see if it can trust us, if, if we're compatible. Oh, that's good and vague, Xiuqian hissed. You're sure that's what it wants? Because we have a hive god chasing us. We don't have the luxury of guessing wrong. It's, it's just a, a feeling. Not really my thing, but my gut tells me it's, it's well-intentioned. Shivarath, on the other hand. Xiuqian dropped onto the seafloor sand. That's... What we've been following? Your gut feeling? You think you can charge into fight after fight on a feeling and keep walking away? Isn't that the idea? I'm effectively immortal. Sloane stopped, turned, and shook her head. The suit's wearing. Rations are... Look, we need to finish the mission while I'm still in fighting condition. Titan's gone, Sloane, 
Shochen rose and drifted past her. What happens if you die somewhere too dark for me to drag you back? Have you considered that? This coming from the gung-ho ghost taking on the whole hive army with a set of shaving razors? Sloane chuckled to herself. Seriously, are you expecting to live through whatever this is? No, Shoshane said meekly. But I hoped you would. And the firm lines of Sloane's expression crumbled for an instant. This was unlike them. She shut her visor and cleared her throat and turned to continue marching. No more fighting for you. That's an order. But that's... No, I was saying that to you, the ghost zipped forward. Hey, don't walk away from me. Sloane stopped, and the heavy metal around her boots sank into the silty sea floor. I'm not. There's nowhere to walk away. That's my point, Sloane jabbed a finger at her ghost. I'm not starving to death for an eternity just to turn out like that psycho that runs Gambit. If I even make it that far. But you don't have to worry about that. Let me be useful while I can. And then move on when it's over. Shochain whirred in thought for a moment. I don't want to make it without you. We don't get to choose that. Sloane straightened her stance. If you can't take it when it hits you, you go out and hit it before it gets started. Sloane raised her visor and met Shochain's stare. That's the best plan I have while I'm still walking. You have a better one? No. All right. Then let's get to work. And that's the end of that one. Yeah. Oh, that hits you right in the feels, man. Oh, that's a good one. I don't, good I don't one. have anything to say about this one. This is just all just all. This is all feels. This is this whole thing is just like a guardian and her ghost alone. In, in in whatever the fuck time space this is. I don't even know what to call it. Where where like where do worlds go when they're taken? Like Yeah, this is this is awesome. I love yeah. it. They're... The death the death ball. I <laughs> this has gotta be the craziest freaking ghost ever. I love that that the fact that trap that drifter starved to death over and over and over again is like common knowledge. Yeah. Apparently. Like that's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, that's awesome! Yeah, I, I love just, this card. It's it's kind of both of them coming to terms in their own way. That like, yeah. look, we're we're probably not going to live through this, but yeah. we might as well go down swinging. Exactly, I love it. Mission first, complete the mission. Yeah, and we we see that even even now in um some of the the dialogues uh when you do the seasonal uh campaign and whatnot like that sloan's like you know i will complete my mission i will complete my mission which on one what, hand what is, the fuck is very is the mission like i don't even know what the mission is at this point anymore it's just her continuing on it seems <laughs> well and i i honestly like i i think i think that is it like i i think that that mantra almost of like I need to complete my mission. I need to complete my mission has, has turned into on one hand, her coping mechanism, but on the other hand, 
her like purposefully, I don't know that running away is the right word, but purposefully not dealing with any of her other feelings. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit of both. It's like a little bit of a veil, a little bit of like a, like a a Heidi, Heidi point, but at the same time, it's very much like a, like that mantra of like, just keep going, just keep moving one foot in front of the other mission, complete the mission, complete the mission. Yeah. 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 No, I get it. I get it. So, but they've decided we're going to take the fight to them because what else are we going to do? Yeah, uh, let's go kick some teeth in. And uh, we see where they end up in with, the... With, with shaving razors glued <laughs> to a freaking ghost. I still, that's still like messing with me, man. Like this ghost is the most tenacious little shit I've ever come across. Hey, you know, it's, it's working what you for you got to do, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, But we see where they end up again many days later. Um, on the Werewalker class item. Uh, and this is specifically day 402. So it's over a year now since Jesus. Sloan has, uh, has been in here. Uh, and it goes like this. Sloan knelt, unable to stand. All the weight of Titan's ocean around her was nothing compared to the pressure of Shivurath. A horde of gnashing hive bore lipless smiles around a single taken knight. He stood tall before her, brandishing a gleaming blade that anchored an oppressive terrace of sharpened obsidian. The terrace loomed over their heads, a voice cut through the gnashing, eager toned like running blood. Soldier of the sky. Your strength wanes, your strategy too obvious. You took without claim, and now I claim you. The sky drawn to fall once more, pinned by the night's blade. Summon your meager light, your sky tether. You are defeated. Shivu's voice rose from her projection, booming from the black terrace with laughter like screaming fear. Your bearer needs you, ghost. Be brave. Sloane felt needless of intent, needles of intent thread between the gaps in her armor, hook into her muscles, and slowly peel away the power suit's deep-set rivets from inset bone, and a violent unraveling to a slow and painful end. Seo Chain watched the torture from a rocky concealment, razors extended, waiting for an opportunity to strike. Minutes felt like hours, but Sloane clung to life in a cloud of crimson-tinged mist. Delirium and agony fogged Sloane's mind but an offer pierced through the cacophony of war. She heard it in her mind as if she had thought it herself. A broken promise. Bond. Live. She considered the offer. Xiao Chain rushed forward, unwilling to watch any longer, and whirled through a swarm of thrall with her blades. If she could reach Sloane, if she could just cut her free. Shivu Aras shrieked with laughter. 
This morsel is mine to consume. And lances of pure onyx thrust through the sea to impale the little light. And the terrace bulged and surged forward, swelling as if to burst. And for a moment, Shiochain believed Sivu Arath would burst through the black terrace herself, wielding a blade in corporeal hand. War's presence emanated with such strength. But instead, a gargantuan serpent crashed through the projection and snatched the hive into its cavernous jaws as it surged by, scattering the terrace's connection to the night. Eruptions of soul fire swallowed the terrace and branched through the methane as the projection imploded on itself. The serpent dove, its enormous form overtaking and dwarfing the crumbling terrace projection. It twisted above them, unfurling a portion of its tail to sweep aside scores of hive with ease and sending plumes of sediment into a thick fog. Sloan collapsed, and Xiochain rushed to her side, cutting through an acolyte before it could raise its shredder. We need to go, get up! Xiochain exclaimed, and began stitching Sloane's gushing wounds and mending bones where she could. All around them the hive fired wildly into the sea, soul-fire pops of their death spurring tiny, muted explosions as it reacted with the methane. Before Xiochain could get Sloane to her feet, the serpent slammed down in front of them, belly first, and shielded them from retaliatory hive salvos. Xiochain darted in front of Sloane, razors ready against this giant beast, but the serpent simply looked at the titan, its massive eyes spanning more than three of her, shoulder to shoulder, and once more Sloane heard the promise in her mind. Bond. Live. And so, they struck an accord. And that's the end of that one. Ooh. Ooh. God, that was terrifying, though. Like, <laughs> like, oh, my God. Like, the whole, like, oh, they're, it's literally ripping the power suit out of her body. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, no, don't like squishy bits. Not, <laughs> not here for that. <laughs> so this is interesting. That, that, pit, that bit in particular is interesting. So, you know, Sloan's been... They tried to assault the hive. She was captured. Um, so a couple things here. Shivu is not there, but right. a like portal, you know, a, a window into Shivu's throne world is where Shivu is is t- talking to uh, Sloane from. And we now know, based on this, that Shivu's throne world is called the Black Terrace. Yep. Uh, I, that may have come up before, I don't remember, but confirmed here for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so, yeah, but this bit with the armor. So we know from here, Sloane lost the armor because Shivu literally peeled her out of it. That's so, uh, gross. That's so fucking <laughs> gross, dude. Like, I can't. Nope. Don't like squishy bits. Yeah. But what is interesting is that in the season, in some of the seasonal dialogue, Sloane claims that she removed the armor from herself because it ran out of power. Ah. So I don't know if that's Sloane trying to cover for like a moment of weakness. 
Oh, you know, sure, sure, not, sure. Not wanting to to acknowledge the fact yeah, that yeah. she was at the mercy of of the enemy or or what, but it, it's it's one of those little hints that kind of going back to that. I need to finish the mission. Like I, I think she's intentionally not acknowledging some of the shit that she has gone through. Yep. Yep. That's <laughs> so I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. But in, in dire straits, you know, things are looking real bad. A uh, little razor blade ghost is, is charging in Still, I can't into the trap. Shit. He just said, fuck <laughs> it. Like, let's go. I'm not letting my, I'm not letting my guardian. Who's been the only thing I've been able to communicate and talk with for the last 400 some odd days. Yeah. I'm not letting her go down by her, by herself to hell with that. Like, I'm going to take this whole GD army on. Let's go. So uh, charging in and Shivu's, you know, she was like, yes, now I, that that ghost is mine. Uh, and then this giant serpent, yeah. as it's described here, crashes through everything, picks up the knight in its jaws and just like full on, you know, does the, the crocodile um, death throw. Um, nom, nom, uh, nom, 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 nom. And uh, breaks the connection to the Black Terrace and is scattering these hive um, and is protecting Sloan and appears to be the entity that has been speaking to her and is essentially saying, like, bond with me, I assume, the, the serpent is saying, and, and live. And you will, you will survive this. And so Sloan takes him up on the offer because what else is she going to do? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that is the end of the armor set, but we do see more about what happened with Sloan and this serpent, uh, in the ghost shell, Shiochen's scuba shell. Uh, so it's kind of a direct continuation off of where we left off with the armor set. So, uh, this one goes like this. Asa settled from a long journey within an undersea cavern pocketed by air. Shiochain surveyed the mix of ancient brig foundations and natural stone. It seemed quiet enough, and Sloane needed rest. No hive barnacles grew here. Asha had swam for, far from the largest concentration of hive and taken, and hid away in a cove tucked beneath the Golden Age wreckage. Asa filled the yawning space. She slipped through gaps and wrapped herself around plunging stalactites, her serpent-worm segmentations gripping the stone, her face half-submerged in slick methane liquid. Shiochain floated down from Asa's back and turned to see Sloane slide and crumple to the cave floor, as a trail of steam seeped from the cracks in the ground beneath her. Sloane closed her eyes. It's cold here, but the steam, it's, it's warm, she said weakly. The worm coiled a section of her body around Sloane, trapping in heat. Shiochain watched every exchange between the two, and drifted out of Sloane's earshot to the worm's gargantuan face. Asa's attention snapped to the blades now protruding from the ghost's shell. The ghost got good and close. I don't know why you helped us. You seem nice. I hope you stay that way. 
But if you're using her, if you turn coat, Shio Chain sliced the air. I'll gut you. Asa's massive eye dialed in on Shio Chain's iris. The two stared unblinkingly until the worm's eyelid gently closed. She emitted a tone of contrite harmonic equilibrium. I am not your enemy. The ghost scanned the worm's face, and upon seeing its benign softness, retired to the coiled shelter that Asa had woven them. Sloane sat in meditation within, radiating a sense of peace that Xiochain had not felt from her in months, and the ghost let herself pretend for a moment that even she felt almost safe. Some time goes on. It was morning before Sloane woke. Asa met Sloane's eyes through the visor. The tilt of her enormous head signaled a sort of greeting or eagerness. Sloane removed her helmet. Need something? Hayat. Asa. Hayat. Sloane stumbled backward into the cavern wall. Shio Chain perked up into the air. Boss? Sloane inhaled sharply and dropped to a knee as her ghost swooped in front of her and turned to the creature. But before she could speak, Sloane's hand was on her, patting her down. It, it's fine. It's... Asa. What's an Asa? Some kind of... Proto-worm? Like, hive-worm? Shochain deployed her blades again. No, 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 no. The, the hive were something before. They were the hive, right? The worm gods were, too. Asa is... is her name, I think. The ghost turned to Sloane, and then to Asa. What does she want? To not be alone, Sloane responded. To be known. Shiochain retreated closer to Sloane and sheathed her blades. Right then, well, we like big, powerful allies. Let's hear what they have to say. And a joyful shiver trundled from Asha's head down through her coiled form, rippling the methane pooled around her, sending tremors through the stone, causing crumbled dust to rain from overhead. Asa turned and focused on the pair. Her massive eyes spanned well beyond Sloane's body. The worm's sympathetic iris flexed and shimmered in hypnotic fluctuations, drawing Sloane into a disassociative state. Hayat. Asa. Hayat. And Sloane tumbled through timeless alien memory. She was shown, she was shown them, spoke of them, as if they were her own, origins and sorrows that she now shared. Witness offers powerful curse, a lust masquerading as love?
Sloane exhaled hard, but Asa maintained her gaze, and Sloane was swept back into the current. A, a blade with ambition. I, I, I don't understand. Flashes of frenzy ensue, a slithering mass carnage. Those once ever bonded now drive fang and lash of tail, proclaim deep magics once thought too cruel to utter, all in pursuit of a sacred, gifted logic. Vortexes that drink empty fathoms of encrimsoned fundament sea churn above the fray. Asa cannot escape the writhe without unraveling from her captors with violence. She stains her fangs with the flesh of siblings turned rivals. Blood betrays blood to prove strength, survival, pain. Asa flees, familial aftertaste fresh in her mouth. She would never know love again. This gift sours theirs, makes it vicious and hungry. Rejected logic, hunted as traitor, lost like you. Asa dives into an ascendant dream. Cosmic language bathes her as she ventures. Radio songs and magnetic roars that bellow across space. She slips between worlds across great distances, breaches back into space to glide along the curvature of galaxies, chasing a distant point of light, a solar opposite to that which takes. Sloane gasps for air. She came here for a chance to live. Asa crashes through Titan's thick skin and into its methane sea, and the expansion of humanity across soul unfolds as she mourns. Within a golden age, a bond is found. The collapse found them, and a bond is lost. She wages a battle of grief, fights against nightmares of despair. The disciple of of fear struck Asa. I. Xiochen peeks at the title. Lost, retreating, waning. The ebb and flow of hope. But bonded, we live. And that's the end of that one. Uh, uh, myth. Uh, uh, we may not get to our second story tonight because holy fucking shit. Yeah, I thought this one might take, might take some time. <laughs> holy shit, myth. Okay, so I'm going to gather my thoughts for a second <laughs> and try to put them in order. This is a goddamn worm god. Like, uh, this is Akka. This is a, this is, she's screaming. I Mythborn. <laughs> well, let's, let's correct here. She is a worm God, but she is not the worm gods of the hive. She is right. what the worm gods of the hive used to be. Yeah. So pre, like pre rule kicking in face and taking mama's idol and being like, now you're beholden to me. Holy shit. Myth. Chasing yeah. the traveler, 
to try to get the to try to get away from all myth. Holy shit! So let's let's roll back a little bit here. Please so, do because my brain is imploding yeah. in on itself. <laughs> so what is what is being described? Um, again, that that ayat uh, is like I I say, therefore it is essentially right. Um, and so the Asa is is naming herself. You know, I am Asa. I am naming myself, therefore I am Asa. Um, and then she establishes this this psychic link, this bond, as she calls it, with Sloane in order to give Sloane access to some of her memory, to try and make Sloane understand who she is, why she's there, all those things. Now, some of this is conjecture, some of this we don't have, but I think we can infer from what's going on here. Sure. Now, she says this disciple of fear struck Asa. That's Nezarek. That right, that's Nezarek. So I do not believe this is the same Leviathan that Rulk battled right, on right, his right. way to go see Zidal. I, and I think that's an important thing here. I don't think that this is a Leviathan. I think this is a direct sister or brother of the five worm gods that were at the center of fundament. Very possible. And she does mention having to literally fight her brothers and sisters to leave. Yes. And the fact that her name, A-H-S-A, is very similar to Akka, um, God, Yule, um, it's it's very similar to the other worm god name. Like, I think she is a worm god but pre um pre uh, a, a worm god before they were exposed to rulk and had to make the bond with rulk uh yeah. or or she could have been escaping while rulk was down there kicking teeth in and being like hey i'm going to create this power chain and you're going to be a part of it and she could have been I, I keep saying she because sloan says she during the the um the in game stuff that's yeah. that's happening this season um but asa could have been like, hey, no, this is bad. F, F this, I'm out. And then her brother and sister being like, no, you have to stay. And she going, no, because she talked about like, yep. she'll never know love again. Like, dude, I think I think this is one of like, I think this is like the the sixth worm god. Like, yeah, holy shit, myth. Do you realize like like that has so much, dude? My mind is imploding right now. So, and, and she's specifically referred to as a proto worm. Yeah. So I, I, I think there's two ways we can go with this. Either she is a member of the worm God pantheon. Um, and may, maybe Zytle is her mother or maybe, you know, she's related to Zytle in a different way. Um, but either she was part of that pantheon and is the only one that didn't accept the offer of the deep. And yeah, fought her way out of fundament. Talking about how like the deep promises a, a, yeah. a curse. Yeah, or or specifically because they say proto worm and uh, Sloane's response of like the hive were something before they were the hive, the worms were something before they were the worms. Oh um, sure, before maybe darkness this is, was was made a part of them. Right, maybe this is even sooner. Than oh Zidal being around. Because I, I have to think that in the story of Rulk going down to make the deal, there would have been mention of a, a runaway. Oh, sure, sure. 
Because then they, they would have been chasing something. Oh, my God. What if that's how they found the Traveler? No, because they were chasing the Traveler regardless. Yeah, they were chasing the Traveler regardless. But but remember, the worms were imprisoned for something already. Yeah. They, they were imprisoned in the deep, quote unquote. Right. So I'm wondering if the if what these proto worms whatever asa is used to be freely swimming around the fundament ocean and they a group of them found the deep found darkness and were corrupted by it and oh they were Im- they were imprisoned by you know maybe there weren't very many of them or you know they were imprisoned by those that didn't fall to it the Leviathan, the Leviathan on Fundament, I think was one of these and was was the gatekeeper. And maybe during that battle between the corrupted and non-corrupted worms, that's oh when Asa god. pieced the hell out. Because Oh my god. She arrived on Titan during the Golden Age. Yeah. Or or maybe even prior to the Golden Age and you know, was there when humans started setting up shop. Cause she, she was trace chasing this, this distant light. She was chasing yeah. the traveler the whole time. Like that's what she was tracking. Cause she saw it as the opposite of the thing yes. that just took her family from her. Yes, dude, dude, this, this like, dude, this is like prehistory history. This is nuts, man. Yeah. Like this is, this is, this is fucking nuts. I, my brain is literally imploding myth. I I don't know what I I have no words right now. Like the 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 implications of this is like I don't even know that we know the implications of this. But like <laughs> right. the fact that a the fact that a a I'm, I'm going to say the fact that a worm god has been sitting here this whole time. Now again, it and I think that's a good distinction that you keep making. Where it's a pro, she talks about herself as a proto worm. Yeah. So this is a pre corruption. Um, a worm god that has never struck a deal with the darkness, um, which I mean, presumably means that this worm could strike a deal with the light. I mean, I mean, she dude, this she has so many. The light. That's what I'm saying. Like, this has so many different like. Well, and and here's another thing. I I am firmly under the belief until something comes along that says otherwise. I am firmly under the belief that the Leviathan. On fundament was one of these was a non-corrupted I th- version. I think you're right of these, and they they call in the marketing material. Granted, they call Asa a Leviathan. I think you're right, man. I think any non-corrupted worm then is just a Leviathan. This is literally like blowing my brain up. The the other piece of this, um, we know if if we follow this train of thought, if we assume Asa is the same thing as the Leviathan from Fundament. Yeah. The Leviathan from Fundament was very much aligned with the sky, with yeah. the traveler, with light. Yep. Presumably Asa would either also be allied with or certainly is not against the light and the sky and all of those things. Definitely um, against the dark. Right. And I guess in a in a binary sense of thinking, like if you are against the dark, you are probably with the light. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of gray at the moment. <laughs> so either universe ends or you don't want universe to end. There's not much in between. 
there's no, there's no like ah, half the universe is gone. So right. that's a that's a even no. It's either universe is here or it's not. Full stop. There's no there's no middle ground. So that this I think is one of the probably going to be one of the biggest reveals of this entire season is dude Asa is a Leviathan and the Leviathans are uncorrupted worm gods dude this this is literally like now i'm thinking of like the idea of like ahamkara are a are a you know sister breed of the worms like yeah we, it, we literally just talked about this in our ahamkara stuff of like they were the buzzing they were the they were the the insects buzzing and these were the worms below like Dude, this is this is like fucking my brain up right now. <laughs> this is literally like <laughs> tearing my brain apart from the inside out. Like all the different possibilities and all the different thoughts of like, dude, what does this mean? Like what like I know. What does what does this mean for all of destiny? This is just crazy talk. Holy shit, dude. This is awesome. It is pretty is pretty cool. So I'm really looking forward to where they take this story over the season. Um, Absolutely. That that is going to be the the end of our readings in regarding to Sloan and Asa and Titan. Yeah. Uh, we had another slew of readings lined up. I want to still <laughs> do some of them. Um, so this this episode might go a little long, but uh, I'm going to skip over a few you- of them. Do you want to include it here, or 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 do we want to turn this one into a two-parter? Uh, I think we're going to be better off including it here, just because we're going to do the dungeon next. So we'll we'll do spark notes for some of these instead of full readings. Alrighty. Well, guess what? Cube bonus episode. <laughs> kind of. You've made it to part two of of our seasonal episode, and now here's all the really cool stuff that's also happening right now. Yeah, that's also going on. Yeah. Um, so one one last bit about Sloan again spark notes here. Uh you may remember way back in season of the splicer they were cleaning out Sloan's apartment because she would the, the whole planet she was on was gone and she was presumed yeah, dead. Presumed dead, yeah. Um and uh one of the guardians that was cleaning out her apartment uh you know when there I I went back and reread the lore card and it was funny because they're like there's so much ammo in here what what there's not even a bed it's just an armory what is going it's just on? an armory it's <laughs> just guns and ammo and one of the guardians uh that is is cleaning this out um noticed a particular item in there and if you read the lore on the shotgun from season of the deep called until its return i it is sloan being debriefed by zavala I uh, about everything that's been going on and Zavala saying, you know, a mutual friend felt very strongly that this belonged in your hands. And uh, it is him granting the crown splitter back to Sloan. Crown splitter. Let's go. That's awesome. So she does have at least one sword. Yes. Yes, she does. That's good. Uh, so the, the other ones that I, I am going to read, I, and they're not nearly as long as what we were reading. I was going to say, these are like for armor sets. These are some long ass. These are very long. Like this should have been its own lore book. Like this is crazy. I know. It makes me wonder what we're going to get for lore books. (laughs) Yeah. Like they're good readings, but Jesus, they were long. So this one is a continuation on our 
uh, trials series regarding Shaira. So Aww. there was a lot of uh, new trials gear that came out with this season, and I am always excited to see that gear expand on Shaira and Reed and Aisha's uh, story. So you know me, man, this stuff hits so close to home for me that I'm just I love I love Shaira's story now. Like I'm so glad we covered it. It's and I'm glad yeah. there's more stuff for it. So there is You're more make stuff. Me cry for this it. episode, aren't you? Probably. God damn it. <laughs> All uh, right, I'll prep. But but it the this first reading is going to answer a couple questions for us and I think might actually confirm something that we had talked about during our uh Shaira series. Um so this is the Valiant Memory, which is the new trial ship. And it goes like this. Whatever that thing is, we got to take it down. Amanda's Hol- Amanda Holiday's voice crackles over the comms. Reed Seven glances at his ghost and then pulls up alongside Holiday's hawk and gives her a nod. He falls in behind, with Shire and Aisha following behind him in tight formation. Ahead, the beam of light extending from the traveler is brighter than the sun. Instruments go wild in its presence. Astrogen systems don't know what to make of it and register the beam as a star of, a, of its own. His ship tries to steer him away, but Reed flips off the autopilot. Fly free. Navs are down, he calls out to his fire team. Flying free, Aisha replies over comms. We're right behind you, strike leader, Shaira affirms. Reed tightens his grip on the control. Holiday, take us in. Block formation. Let's give him the razzle-dazzle. Holiday radios to the strike team. Reed 7 boosts ahead under the hawk and pulls up in front while Aisha and Shaira move to Holiday's flank. Reed actuates manual targeting, reticle appearing on the windscreen. He tracks the shape held in the traveler's beam, an impossible silhouette floating free in the void of space. And the witness is nothing more than a sliver of dark shearing through a field of white. But even at such a distance, Reed can feel its eyes on him. A chill jolts down his spine, and the moment the reticle locks on, his exo-mind throbs with the sense-memory of a migraine, and he immediately knows something is wrong. And he turns to his ghost, and his ghost looks at him, but it's already dead. The world separates into slices. And so does he. And that's the end of that one. Ah, oh, shit. So he is the, the one of the... He, damn it. He is the titan that... He's uh, the titan being vivisected. We see being divided, the, yep. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's a so, bummer. I, I was hoping he was safe because the titan wasn't wearing trials gear, but apparently the, he only wears it in PvP. <laughs> But uh, but yeah. So Reed, unfortunately, is is the casualty of the initial fight against the witness in in Lightfall. That sucks. Um, Didn't did all three of them die though? Like, because I swear there were three ships there. There were three ships there. Uh, oh no! But and say we will see the answer to your question here in the next one, okay. um, which is the ghost shell from Trials that is called Heroes Wake. Uh, and it goes like this. 
This, above all else, I hold true. Shaira finishes her prayer, but does not rise. Her kneeling position faces the sky, where the traveler once hung over the last city. Morning sunlight fills the white space of her quarters with a warmth she does not feel. The light on her cheeks feels unwelcome, undeserved. Dr. Zar will be expecting you, her ghost urges softly, giving her a gentle nudge on the shoulder. Shayer nods, struggling to keep her expression firm. She fails. Her jaw trembles, and she scrapes tears from her eyes with the sides of her thumbs. Her ghost emits a soft, sad chirp before dematerializing to give her some space. Her room is silent, but Shaira's thoughts buzz like a beehive. Too many to focus on. Just riotous noise of doubt and insecurity, shame and regret. She slouches backwards off her knees and draws them to her chest and makes herself small against the unwelcome light of the sun. She does not want the universe to see her. She does not want to be seen. She does not want to be. Dr. Uzar will remind her that it is survivor's guilt. But it's so much more than that. It's not justice. And that's the end of that one. No. I'm going to cry this episode, Beth. <laughs> I did warn you. Why you do this? So we, we've got confirmation that Shaira survived. Uh, yeah. And spoilers, Aisha did too. Uh, Yay. So. Yes. <laughs> These are shitty wins, man. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not calling them wins. <laughs> so we have a couple other pieces here. Uh, the first one, or the next one, um, the survivor's journey, uh, which I believe is the sparrow, though the picture is not displaying for me. Um, I believe is the sparrow from Trials. Uh, and although this is a very tough time for them, they now have a person that they can lean on that they haven't had in a very long time. So this one goes like this. The engine of Aisha's sparrow winds down to a steady thrum as she eases off the accelerator. The pine forest around her feels empty and still. The only noise is the creak and groan of the arcology superstructure. Methane rain falls through the shattered dome overhead. Taking off her helmet, Aisha is mindful of her new threader earring, affixed with a thin strip of red metal. The edges hand ground. I didn't expect you to come in person, calls an old, familiar voice from the forest. And Aisha turns to see Sloane, forced to grapple with the obvious shape of her transformation, the taken energy rising off of her arm, the way her eyes catch the light. Stealing herself, Aisha dismounts her sparrow and closes the distance to Sloane in an instant, fearlessly embracing her. And Sloane is stunned, arms stiff at her side. It only lasts a moment, but the echo of sentiment fills her with nostalgia. 
and Aisha takes a step back, struggling to maintain her composure. I... I needed to see you, she says with a quaver in her voice. Needed to... tell you in person. It may have been years since she's seen Aisha, but Sloane knows only one thing could ever rattle her like this. Reed's gone. And the ache reminds Sloane that she is still human. That's the end of that one. I I almost completely forgot that like that's where the fire team originated from. Like they were there the last days. Yeah. Of of and they like urged for Sloan to Oh, god damn it, Myth. Uh, why? <laughs> why you do this? Peaks and valleys. Peaks I and know. valleys. <laughs> I know. It's so sad though. Like I'm glad that they I'm glad that that little portion is 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 connected to of like Sloan's back and so the fire team goes yeah. and see, or what is left of the fire team goes and sees like hey Reed's gone like but it's good to see you back like it oh, oh yeah. man <laughs> So we have one more that's following Shire still uh this one is is less outwardly sad uh and Definitely makes me wonder what's going to happen with these, with Shira in particular. Yeah, um, can't do can't do two man. Tri- I mean, you could do two man trials, but that shit's hard, man. They they got to find a rando now. Exactly. Uh, but so this is the unexpected resurgence, which is the new trials uh, glaive, uh, and this one goes like this. Shaira kneels in front of a gilded copper pot, and the young bonsai rising from inside it. Tucked away in the soil are vertically sliced fragments of a ghost. The tree grows around them, and where root and dirt meet, Shaira places a stick of incense. The bazaar is quiet as she lifts the freshly potted tree and places it on a low table. Overlooking the city the traveler once protected. You are missed, Shaira whispers, brushing her fingertips across the branches. The remains of Reed Seven's ghost stare up at her. And for a moment she remembers seeing the cockpit of her jump ship littered with the ghosts of her victims. Yet her ghost was spared the witness's wrath. Aisha, too but this pain isn't about her. It's selfish. And Shaira's heart lurches as she tries to center herself. I exalt my fire team. Is that a prayer? A woman asks behind her. Shaira quickly turns and spots a stranger approaching between stalls. She carries a glaive like a walking staff. Its design matches the ornate patterns of her robe. Familiar. Osirian. Of sorts, Shire answers, answers belatedly. The robed woman, apologetic. I ask for a moment of your time, Shire. Hearing her name from the mouth of a stranger sets Shire on edge, and she glances at the memorial and then stands. Please, leave me be. My name, 
is Sister Feora, the robed woman continues, devotee of Osiris, seeker of truth, outcast. The last title earns a squint from Shaira. And what do you want, outcast Feora? Sister Feora gestures to herself with one hand. Only to offer you something that few others would, uh, would given your history. Shaira raises a brow in exchange. Fiora boldly meets it. Friendship. And that's the end of that one. Well, I guess we found a rando. Not exactly the rando I would put in my team, though. You don't exactly want, like, Brother Vance as, like, your third. <laughs> so it's funny you say that. <laughs> so sister sister feora this is this is a cult member this is a cult of osiris member you don't want this as your third myth this is not a cult of osiris member this is the founder of the cult of osiris oh shit i just put two and two together right then yeah no yeah. Uh, well maybe i don't know i guess if there's one person of the cult that you'd want the founder is probably not the worst person but Jeez, man. I don't know that you want a founder of a cult approaching someone that is <laughs> mentally vulnerable was, and emotionally distressed at any point in time whatsoever. I was thinking the same thing. Like, I was like, Shira, don't drink the tea. It's not worth it. Don't do it. <laughs> I was my, my my like I had a bunch of thoughts here that I was like is is Shire's about to go full bore again like no that's not good we know what happens when she goes full bore that's a bad thing yeah no yeah. this is all just like I I don't know I don't think any of this is good there's no good man she just can't catch a goddamn break like she's literally sitting there like I exalt my I was like yes yes go with your prayer Shire just it's okay it sucks but do not lash out. It's okay. I promise you it'll be okay. And then hoity-toity Miss Sister walks up like, hey, bro, what's up? Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. I don't, I don't like it, Myth. I don't like it. So, unfortunately, that is all of the new Shira lore we I get know. this there's, season. There, there's, so there's going to be more story next season, I'm hoping. Like, there, if there isn't, yeah. like, what the fuck, bro? <laughs> no, there is absolutely going to be more to this story and part of me is is like, okay, what's gonna happen? And the other part of me is like, just just leave her alone, man. Just just, <laughs> just be done. Peace. <laughs> I don't know. Bungie doesn't like like Bungie, I don't know. I think of that, and I think of Amanda Holiday and Crow, and I'm just like, nope, we can't have a happy ending. Yeah, ass. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things where like, realistically. A, a cult leader would be seeking out people that are particular that are in a vulnerable time to yep. like recruit them to give them yep. purpose and like so like it all checks out as far as scheming strategy goes but it's like super come on realistic like just but seriously like just catch a damn break like come on so, oh my god, we will be looking for what happens to Shira and Aisha in the next group of uh trials gear, but for now, that is where they're at. That's ridiculous. Um, well, I know we have a bunch of like little stories, uh, yeah, and, and I know we're running a little long on this one. Um, 
do you want to do you want to cover Amanda's? Yeah. So there's there's uh, there's three that I'm going to read. Uh, okay. The rest we'll we'll just skip over. They're they're miscellaneous little stories here and there that are kind of cute, but they don't actually contribute to anything. Okay. Um, so in other words, go read your go read your guns and ghosts and ships yeah. and stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, it's mostly the weapons this time around. Okay. Now, which which set of weapons? Because this is and this is an odd season too. Yeah. We have two full new sets of weapons this season, but not really full sets. The, the one's just a taken version of the other one. Right, so the Taken versions specifically are the ones that have the new lore cards on them. So, okay. Do the old ones, the old Reckoner ones? Because that's what they all are. It's all the old Reckoner gear yep. um, that is that is now Taken. Um, do they still have their like original lore cards on them? Or, or do they have uh, any? I don't think they had any to begin with. Okay, um, I couldn't remember if they did or if they didn't. Because I know it's like Bug Out Bag, Just In Case, uh, all those other ones that are... The yeah. ones. No, they they don't have any lore cards attached to them. Uh either pre previously or currently, they don't. So. Okay. Uh so real quick, we're gonna get through a few here um that are relevant and will also help us end on a high note. <laughs> Yay, uh, please. Yeah. So and say the first one is uh the Akashic Revelation. I uh, and this one is discussing a uh, a person we actually just talked about in the Ahamkara series, Joxer, who also appears uh, yeah. as one of the uh, members that kind of beta tests Gambit Prime in the Gambit yeah. Prime Gears lore cards. Um, so Joxer makes an appearance here, and uh, it goes like this. Rosy light bathes the cockpit of a hawk moving at cruising speed high above the earth. Up ahead, the traveler hangs motionless against the blackness of space, a triangular gateway of light bleeding from its shell. It was one thing, volunteering for this mission, but sitting now on the precipice of the unknown, the Titan Joxer holds doubt close to his chest. This isn't any different from the Ahamkara hunts, his ghost reassures. Reckless, hasty, and dangerous. Joxer glances over at his ghost and smiles, already feeling a little better. Two Gabal escorts on either side of Joxer's hawk stall their engines, letting the hawk proceed further toward the traveler. They say something over the comms in Uluranth. Uh, the translation roughly means, Beyond the known is the terror of the universe, his ghost offers. Joxer's not sure if it's a warning, a curse, or a pep talk. Knowing the cabal, probably all three. Easing the flight stick forward, Joxer moves the hawk ahead at a steady pace. His ghost's eye widens as the rosy light from the portal brightens, and the kaleidoscope surface is all that can be seen in any direction. Joxer grip, Joxer's grip on the controls tighten as he feels a bone-deep sense of vertigo. Echoes of piano notes in his periphery. He can feel hands on his chest beneath his armor, breath against his cheek inside his helmet. Herrick, come back to bed, a voice whispers inside his mind. He sees a city, a home, family and children. He can't sleep. They, they aren't alone in the universe. The Ares Project is, is going to... 
His ghost is screaming. Shell coming apart at the seams. Joxer pulls himself back to reality and jerks the controls as the nose of the hawk touches the portal. And he hears laughter and screams and feels lips on his cheek, hands on his shoulders as the ship begins to pass through. And his ghost screams stretch from the moment of the Big Bang to the heat death of the universe. And Joxer hears a scream he will make as his ship begins and ends. Come back to bed, it whispers. And eventually, he catches up to his own scream. That's the end of that one. What, what the... What happened to happy moments? <laughs> well, I said we'll end it, on a happy note, not that we're there ass. yet. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this is fucked up as shit. Like, he's, he's experiencing his, himself. Yeah, he talks about the Ares project. That that was literally the the K one stuff. Yeah, he's experiencing brief glimpses of his life before he was a guardian, in addition to the entire history and future of the universe all at once. That that's what fucked me up too. From the Big Bang to the heat death, like that's eternity. Like yeah, experiencing all of that at once. Like no wonder why. So okay, so he's dead then. So. I think it's safe to say that at the opening of Season of the Deep, right. when they say all attempts have failed to enter the portal and they show that picture of a Titan like halfway yeah. through his ship, I think yeah. this is that Titan. That's what I think so too now. Like, and I was going to ask you about that too. Is, is that halfway through his ship or is that like him like impact merged with the, with the face of the Traveler? Little column A, little column B. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like that's like I'm telling you. Ever since uh, Lightfall, and and again, we've seen this before. Lightfall in 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 like the Glycon stuff. Like the horror side of Destiny has been kind of subtle, but now it's getting real. Like yep. the entirety of Root of Nightmares. Like everything with Nezrak. This like abstract thought of fear and death, and and it's it's and terror and and i don't know it's all starting to become like real like it's it's oh yeah. oh <laughs> it's getting okay. a little creepy in the universe yeah yeah all right so death number two <laughs> continue yes. myth with this it'll get better eventually <laughs> yeah i call bullshit so these these last two these are gonna be our last readings for the night these are going to be a little more hopeful, I promise. They better be. <laughs> so uh, this one is from the Sparrow, titled To Be Remembered. And it goes like this. Each night, the clamor of the tower hangar gives way to silence as the engineers change shifts. Neek used to find the lull unnerving preferring to bask in the sound of arc welders and power tools. Together, she and Amanda would speak about nothing and everything over the cacophony of noise. But now, Neek prefers the silence. Her servitor shines a light on the sparrow in front of her, as it had done for weeks. And after making some final adjustments, Neek circles around to the front of the sparrow and hits the ignition and the engine sputters and burns out. 
It's happened a hundred times before on other nights with other sparrows, but this time something is different. Neek snarls an elixni curse and hurls her spanner at the floor, and she buries her face in her four hands and collapses into a heap, her eyes glistening with tears and her ether tank rattling with sobs. Well, that's your problem, crackles a voice beside her, and she looks up to see her servitor, projecting a hollow recording, miniature recreations of herself and Amanda crouch next to another sparrow as Amanda gestures at its thrusters with a grease-stained arm. She imparts a lesson about its functionality with a smile that says she enjoys sharing the knowledge. And watching now, Nee can't help but smile too. It was a lesson she had forgotten, but thanks to her servitor, it would stay with her forever. She wipes away her tears and grease-stained arm and gets back to work. That's the end of that one. Damn it, Myth. You said happy. I mean, it, it is kind of happy. Like, it's, it's, it's cute remembrance. And happy, but it's memorial. damn it, Myth. So I, that one leads into this one. It, this next one better be happy. <laughs> Just all happy. Okay. Uh, so this is the blistering slipstream. more, Myth. <laughs> <laughs> this is the blistering slipstream uh, ship. Um, and it goes like this. The afternoon sun waned over the outskirts of the Elixni quarter as Rem lay beneath the sparrow, a veneer of grease coating her palms. And the titan rubbed the sweat from her brow and watched the young Elixni beside her place the final piece. The pair stood and surveyed their handiwork. A gleaming sparrow, built from the ground up. I can't believe it's done, Itzliz breathes, her shoulders puffed with pride as she starts the engine. Do you think my sister will be pleased? <laughs> Master mechanic like her? Rem asked. I don't know what she'll be more impressed by. The engine, or the amazing kid who built it. So you ready for a test run? Itzlis practically pounded on the vehicle's seat and listened intently as the Titan explained the basics of steering and acceleration. And then, if you ease into the hand grips, you can coast for... Itzlis clasps, clasps the grips hard, and the sparrow sped full blast into the Elixni quarter, Itzlis hanging on for dear life. Should have started with explaining the brakes first, Rem sighed before chasing after her. Itzlit regained her footing and banked left past an open-air market, past the blurred figures of shoppers and merchants alike, only to skid wildly and splash into a fountain, sending a plume of water flying high. She caught a glimpse of an embroidered feathers on a hunter cloak as he dodged the wall of water. His ghost, however, not so lucky. You left me, the ghost shrieked, shell dripping, as Itzlitz raced on and over the remaining of a crumbling building, her apology lost to the wind. The sparrow launched forward, and as it caught air, Itzlit felt it. Exhilaration, weightlessness, calm. And she finally felt the sparrow as an extension of her body, the contrails floating behind her in the breeze. 
and then she saw the massive ether tanks looming on the ground below. She tried to trigger the boost. Nothing. Grimacing, she thrust her strafed moments before gravity took control, and fishtailed past the tanks where a titan, bent low, was fleeting a flock of the city's birds. She drifted around him in a flurry of pigeon wings. As the dust settled and her sparrow came to a halt, the hulking titan stood, bewildered, encircled by dark green splatter newly bestowed by his birds. He laughed heartedly as a breathless rem approached. Did you see that? Such skill and reflex, and so young. We must introduce her to Marcus. She is extraordinary, he exclaimed. Itzlet sat gleefully, and Rem's eyes shined with pride. She sure is. And that's the end of that one. All right. You can be redeemed, man. That was cute. <laughs> so the connection between these two is that um, Itzlis is a young Elixni who is the sister of Neek. Okay. Who was, uh, you know, the partner mechanic to Amanda. I was going to say, there's some other lore entries with Neek. Uh, yes. Neek and Amanda. Amanda lives literally like teaching. That was I, Neek was like I, I don't want to say Amanda's like prodigy, but like kind of she kind of was like yeah. it, it, she very much Amanda very much was was teaching her all sorts of different welding techniques and 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 stuff about sparrows and um, I can't remember where all the other lore entries are, but I know if you go to Ishtar and you just like type in Neek, like it should pull them up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's where that's where like the neat connection comes in, um, because obviously Amanda is gone now. She she sacrificed herself, and even if she and I, this is something I want to remind everyone, even if she comes back as a guardian, she will not be Amanda. She will be whatever that new entity is, because the light makes you forget and gives you a second shot at life, but with none of the drawbacks of like and tie downs of your previous life. So yeah, it's a, but so the, 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 what I saw is the like positive message in both of these, honestly, is, you know, Amanda passed her, her love and, uh, you know, want of, uh, mechanical knowledge to Neek, who is now repairing sparrows for other people, just like Amanda used to. And Neek has since passed those lessons on to, her sister, uh, Itzlitz, who is apparently a really good sparrow driver. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, so she didn't kill Crow. She didn't kill uh, Crow, and she didn't kill and Saint. she didn't kill Saint. Yeah, that's, <laughs> those are the two entities, the, the, the feather cloak and then the pigeons. I was like, oh, Saint has a bunch of pigeon <laughs> shit on him now, though. Yep. <laughs> that kind of sucks. <laughs> and all you can think of is like, oh, brilliant guardian. Yeah. That's, yeah. Oh, my so. gosh. Okay. With that, we are ending our readings for for the evening and concluding our season of the deep lore deep dive. Oh, you said it. Yay. It caught on. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh they, obviously there's tons of other stuff that's that's going on this this yes. season. Um all these cute little things here and there. There's like a uh, Myth didn't even realize this, but there's a there's a lore card for the the boss at the three man 
dungeon, it's J4W5, right? Or is it J4WS? Yeah, one one way or the other, but yeah. Either way, it's Jaws. Jaws. It's a yeah. reference to Jaws, the movie. Like it's the the boss is called Jaws. It's it's he hunts and he has his hunting ground and everything. Like there's all sorts of little things throughout the season. So definitely go through the season stuff. Uh, Myth does this every every season. Um, so yeah, definitely go out check out all check out all the other lore entries that are in game. All the other sparrows, uh, ships. So sparrows, ships, guns, armor. Uh, what else is there? Ghost shells, uh, yep. anything, any lore entries that 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 you unlock week to week, all that stuff. Make sure you read all that stuff because that's all these little, all these little hidden stories are throughout all that stuff. Yeah, and we have yeah. very um, intentionally not included any entries from lore books that released this season because we'd only have like the first chapter of them, right? Um, so if and when we do cover those, it'll be after we have the complete book that we can then put into an episode. So, yep. Uh, this was all, all just little, like, the side items bits drawn into it. Yeah. 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 Like I'm telling you, this, this whole Asa thing has got me just like, it's pretty wild. That's, that's nuts, dude. That is genuinely nuts. Like that's mind blowing nuts. I don't, I, it's, there's so, there's so much in that one little bit there that it's just blows my mind. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's do some shoutouts. Yeah. So we have a uh, a couple shoutouts tonight. A slew um, of shoutouts. Yeah. So the first one is coming to us from Twitter, uh, where uh, someone with the username of Meh says, Meh. <laughs> uh, Meh. "Still, still can't stop listening to you guys. I'm absolutely amazed by the effort you both put in. Love the Bray series. Would love a series about maybe the Vanguard." keep going my so. response to that is meh <laughs> it, no uh yeah, yeah no <laughs> like how can you not exactly uh no i i would love to do like a like a complete history of the vanguard because like we always talk yeah. about all these different figures of like you know saint osiris and um Tallulah. i i always forget yep. the third Tallulah one. fairwind yep yep um being kind of like the original uh, the original vanguard and then you know, all sorts of shit happens between then and now. And now we kind of like, do we even have a Vanguard now? We have more of a council more than anything. Like right. they call themselves more, they call themselves Vanguard more than anything. And I think it's just kind of a name now. Like it's yep. such an odd position now, but yeah, no, we absolutely love uh, finding all those little things. Yeah. So uh, thank you. Um, we're glad you're enjoying it. And like, yeah, we, we want to do something on the Vanguard, too, and I'm sure we will eventually. Uh, so next shout-out comes to us uh, from Apple Podcasts, where someone very kindly left a five-star review. Uh, Tank Robo, um, who yeah. says, good stories, keep them coming. Yay. So, thank you, and Love we will. Uh, another one from uh, Apple Podcasts. Another very kind five star. Thank you. Uh, this is Timmy G, uh, who says, I am a newer player, having only started last year, but I'm a huge lover of story and lore. These guys, the way they break it down by character or storyline or faction, really makes it easy to, di- to digest and in- the incredibly vast universe that Destiny has to offer and lets newer players like me see into the nooks and crannies of this incredible wide world. Cheers, gents, and here's to many more. Thank you. Hell yeah. 
Yeah, so. like I said, I I love all these little like hidden stories that are throughout the game. Like it, it, the the game itself, and I think this has just been kind of a thing that's happened ever since the beginning of Destiny. Like, there's a story there that that you as the player get to interact with, but ninety percent of the game is you just playing the game, is you out there shooting aliens and and killing bad guys. But there are all these little like hidden stories throughout the whole thing. I mean, like the entire Shayura's thing. Like that's just. Ah, I th- I love that story. Uh, the the entire the entire thing between uh, uh, Amanda and Crow, and and yeah, it's yeah. I just mm-hmm. yeah. I all these little stories that are never front page. I like all of them, and that's that's. I mean, hell, that's. <laughs> I feel like that's why Myth and I got into doing this shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. To share that with everyone. Cause yeah, it's it's uh it's I, I know a lot of people don't have the the patience or the the time to to dedicate to reading all this stuff and putting all the clues together and everything. But yeah, I'm I'm glad that we're able to to bring to put all that stuff front and center. Yeah, I'm glad that it it is helping uh, people that are newer to the game because that that's always been one of our our main goals. So oh sure, and it's always sure. nice to hear that that we were able to to do that for someone. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but the last shout out of tonight also comes to us from Apple Podcast Review with another very kind five stars. Thank you, uh, thank you everybody that has been uh, has been doing that. Um, and this one, <laughs> we both we both laughed when we read originally. So this is I'm from excited for this. This is from Tiger King. Let's go. Uh, who says? Fucking Toland told me to find lore for Destiny, and for some vex reason, I found this podcast, and I haven't been able to stop listening since. I've been listening for about a month, and I'm more than halfway through the backlog. Y'all keep it going. Thank you. I, 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 oh, I. Yes. Get the fuck and out And then of nine here. eyes. Like, Jesus <laughs> shit, man. This is the most memeest thing ever, and I fucking love it. The only thing missing was merchandising. That's, the, that's like the epitome of, of internet fame. Once you have become a meme or some similar thing, that's it. That's game over. We, we beat life. That's yeah. it. No, but but thank absolutely you. thank you. That, yeah. one, that one really, that one. That one hit me right in the face, and I was like, "This is this is awesome!" Like that made me smile so much. Yeah. So, but yeah. Um. Say so that's it for for shoutouts for tonight. Uh, if you like what you heard, I'd be super appreciated if you could leave a review on your platform of choice. Uh, it doesn't need to be a text review. You know, just whatever uh, whatever works. Uh, if you do feel strongly enough and you want to leave a text review, please feel free to do so, or you can reach out to us on Twitter at myths and stories with a Z instead of an S. Um, and, uh, you may hear yourself on a future shout out. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, um, shoot, I don't have any thank yous for tonight. Who do I get to thank? Um, you got some choices. I suppose like I, I, I like thanking my made up characters. They make me, (laughs) you know what? Thank you me for not making up a character tonight. I can get behind that one. <laughs> God, God damn it. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, uh okay, well uh no, you know what? Thank you thank you Asa for a keeping Sloan alive and yeah. escaping whatever worm hell you had to to get to where you are now and now completely imploding my brain inward to try to figure out all the connections here that it's like it's like it's like the realization 
that an Ahamkara has played a hand in every major event in the history of Destiny and therefore is essentially controlling Destiny. Um, I mean, yeah, that's a, that's what's happening right now with this thought of like this is a this is a pre-corrupted or non-corrupted worm god that's just talking to Sloane and doing whatever. I don't I don't even like I don't even freaking know. It's the first week of the season. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you Asa for breaking my brain. So I I know we're at the end of the episode, but what you just said there just clicked something in my head. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So the about about the Ahamkara having a hand in every major, you know, most major uh, you know, points in Destiny's universe, therefore kind of determining what happens. The word destiny is literally means events it. that will necessarily happen to a particular person God or thing. Damn it. <laughs> Shit. All right. Well, now that now that that's in my brain. Yep. Uh anything else, Smith? Nope, that's it. All right. Well, from all of us lore daddies to all of you guardians out there, we'll see you next time. <laughs>